Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of Lesbians Who Write. Yes, that's right, 100. Can I get a whoop whoop from you, TB? I'm just now remembering I meant to get my little noisemaker from the New Year's and I totally forgot. So, whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. <laughs> episode episode 100, whoever thought we'd get here. Um, if you're still with us, welcome. This week's topic is romance and romantic comedy. What the heck is the difference between the two? Joining me, your host, Claire Lydon, for our golden episode is the always golden, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B., how are you today? I'm doing all right. When I was writing out the notes for this, I always write, you know, episode the number at the top of my notes. And I accidentally typed 1001 and I was like, do you think we'll be doing this by 1001? <laughs> do you know what? As much as I love this podcast, I'm I, I, I'm guessing That's a we commitment. I'm guessing we might not. I don't know if I can commit for a thousand episodes. <laughs> I was like, well, it kind of stopped my heart a bit. I was like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure how old I'd be at that point. Probably like 85. Don't know. Now? Oh, I'm not very good at maths. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday morning, I had quite a frantic day. I had a quite a frantic start to the day because on uh, this past weekend, we started getting word that we were supposed to get hit with a massive storm in the northeast. But when I went to bed, we weren't supposed to get hit until the afternoon. So I was like, okay, I have time to take care of some stuff in the morning before in case, you know, whenever these storms hit, we don't know if we're going to lose power or anything or internet or anything could happen so i woke up yesterday morning and i was just checking the um time on my phone to see like is it you know is it time to get up yet or can i just like snooze in bed for a bit and i had this frantic message from my editor because i had an um an editing date yesterday where i had to send the manuscript over to co-write with miranda mcleod and she was writing we're already getting hit with snow if you can send the edit now that would be fantastic because i might lose power and i don't know when it's coming back on so i had to like leap out of bed I was supposed to go over one more section of the book before um, I sent it over. I had to make some last-minute changes, but um, there was no time. <laughs> there was no time, so I got the laptop fired up, and then I fired off the book, and that kind of drained me for the day. I don't like stressful starts to a day. I just don't. <laughs> especially when it, especially when it was a Monday, too, right? I mean, that's not how you want your Mondays to start. No, and then I was like, I was like, whoa, I got that done. So the major thing's done. And then like an hour later, I was like, oh, fuck, I need to post the podcast episode. <laughs> so that was my start to this week. So the co-write that I just completed with Miranda McLeod is off for the edit. So that project is barreling towards almost pre-launch status. It's a good feeling. I had a lot of fun writing that one. So now I am turning my full attention to the British novella. I usually, for listeners who aren't familiar with my working habits. I usually have two to three writing projects going on at one time. And one is always like my main focus and then I have two smaller ones. And so right now the British novella has slid into the top priority because that editing date's coming up. Um, so that one right now is called Earl's Court and that's simply because that's the neighborhood my American moves to <laughs> because I don't, I can't think of a title for this one. It's just not coming to me. And Earl's Court is not going to be the title because it doesn't really that's not very romantic. Romantic. Not romantic. That's not very romantic. 
you need to make it a bit more romantic. Um, you know, it might be okay if one of them is an earl. Is one of them an earl? Aren't they men? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, no. no, you need to change the title then. What's the female equivalent of earl? Come oh, on, British lady. I want to say earless, but no, I've never heard of an earless. <laughs> well, it's Duke and Duchess. Mm, <laughs> earl and... Yeah, I'm going with lady. earless. Maybe lady. Is it lady? Maybe lady, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But um, so that's that's my writing side of life. Right. So I had a, a frantic start, and now I'm switching over to the British novella. I've started binge watching Sex and the City. Have you seen this? What the old the old series? Yes. Yeah. The old... I, I, I was a I was a devotee of the old series. Well, I've started. I'm on season four now. I started it because after I got banned from watching World War Two because it was putting me in a really bad mood and I was biting everyone's heads off. So I was like, all right, I'll I'll go to it. A comedy. I'll try to defuse my um, all the stress I have because I don't know the world's falling apart and we all keep getting sick. But anywho's, um, so I started watching it. I'm on episode. I mean, on season four. And each time I finish an episode, I could have sworn I've never seen an episode in my life. And each time I finish one, I'm like, this seems really familiar. Have <laughs> I watched this? <laughs> well, I think I think a lot of them have gone into like you know common folklore and sort of uh, memes and stuff right so you've probably probably seen bits of it on clip shows and stuff i'm trying to figure out like have i only have i only experienced it through that or have i actually sat down and watched every episode because everyone i'm like pretty sure i've seen that one i mean they're still funny and i'm enjoying it obviously because i'm crack i'm cracking on i'm on uh season four so it's not stopping me too much but every time i'm like yeah that yeah that's very familiar <laughs> oh and then we had this huge storm which fortunately, our lights only flickered. We didn't lose any power, which was nice because um, our heat is connected to power, and it's been really, really cold here, and I didn't want to freeze. So that was it. That's that's it so far. That's what I'm up to. I mean, granted, it's only Tuesday of the week. But well, that's good. That's good. It sounds like you 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 are cracking on with that writing. So that's good because you're a writer. So well done. Yeah. How's how's uh you recently had a release? How's Hot London Night? Um, yeah, it's doing well. Um, it's pootling along. It's getting a lot of um, a lot of love. So I'm very thrilled with everybody who's um, read it and reviewed it. I'm getting some uh, great reviews in from bloggers. Um, you know, you know when you write a book, I, and I did write this one, and I just thought it's a good book. I mean, I think it's one of the best ones in the London series, and it has two love stories for the price of one. So if that's not enough to sell it, what is to be? I mean, because I'm all it's about. A I'm, it's a twofer. I'm all about love and romance. You know that, which is why today's topic and the month of February is just made for me, right? Oh yeah, we should mention that this is like we're kind of doing what a oh, season yes, of love. Oh yes, we should. <laughs> well done. <laughs> we'll we'll mention that when we get around to the main topic. Yeah, good good point. Uh, but yeah, so I did uh, last week. Um, I launched Hot London Nights, uh, so it's in still in its first week of release. Uh, so that's all done off off my plate. And um, but one thing I did this release as well, which uh, I've never done before, um, and it's kind of an experiment, right? So I sorted out the cover for the next London book, which is called Big London Dreams. I wrote the blurb, um, and, and I did a pre-order. So I've never done a pre-order before. Uh, on Amazon. I've done one on the other platforms. Are you saying there is a book cover in a blurb on Amazon for a book you haven't written? Yes. Wow, talk about pressure. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I've never done it, you see. And yes, there is a certain amount of pressure there, right? Because I, I am like, ooh, that's all. But I decided that I would do it because I've never done it and I've always wanted to. And, you know, uh, perceived wisdom is that you shouldn't do it on Amazon because it'll hurt your rank you know your your sales rank when you first launch but i'm not so bothered about that because i'm i'm launching wide so i figured if i'm if i'm going to do it this is the time to, this is the one to do it on so um yeah so it's up for pre-order so if you love um the london romance series and you've read hot london nights and um the secondary love story in that is going to be the initial love story in this one it's going to be historical so there's a lot of new things i'm doing in my next book um it's up pre-order and it's a historical lesbian romance I know, like, um, a lot of uh, series writers, especially in the cozy mystery genre, they do the pre-orders before the book is actually, like, before a word is on the page, and it seems to work well for them, so fingers crossed this is a good experiment. Maybe yeah. you're starting a whole new lesbian trend, and now I'm going to have to fucking hate you. Like, <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> or maybe I'll crash and burn and... <laughs> Maybe I'll crash and burn, who knows. Um, it was funny though, because I've never done a, um, a pre-order. I've done one on the other site, so I've done one on Apple and Kobo, but I've never done one on Kindle. And on Apple and Kobo, um, it's really hard to, like their dashboards, you can't see the pre-orders. I don't know if you can now, because you couldn't, you didn't used to be able to when I last I did it. But this time around, um, so I'm doing it on Kindle, but I didn't know that there was a pre-order tab in the dashboard. So I'm like, well, where the, where the hell? Because I could see Big, um, Big London Dreams is like going up on my author page. So I'm thinking, well, people must have clicked it and pre-ordered it. Well, how do I how do I find out? There's a tab, everyone, if you've never done this. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, there's a tab. Look at that. It's very, very handy. I know I've done pre-orders in the past and then I nixed them. But that was back in the day before. I think Amazon has made some tweaks so it doesn't tank your book on the day of release. Because in the past it did, but I think they've improved it. Yeah. But who knows? I, mean, I don't know. On, I don't who know. Knows? But, you know, like I said, as I'm not that bothered about, you know, where it's going to rank, I thought I figured this was the one to do it. So it'll be an interesting experiment. And it'll also be an interesting experiment to write the next book under pressure. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering how my brain would react to that because, like, I hate being told what to do. Hopefully you don't have that. Well, no, no. You know me and being told what to do. I'm really great at it. <laughs> Let's just say I still haven't written a word of it. So yeah, that's how we're going. Wait, I thought you outlined it. I did, and now I'm outlining it again. Oh, you're re-outlining. Yes. It. So it's going well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When's this release date? You know, June. So I've got time. Oh, you you got. It's only February. You got loads <laughs> of time till June. <laughs> So uh, another one other thing I did uh, this week, which is very exciting um, and ticks off one of my uh, goals for 2021 is I signed a new translation contract for a German translation of You're My Kind. So that's going to be coming out in 2022. That means, uh, yeah, so I've got two German books coming out this year and one next year now. So I'm pleased about that. What are the two coming out this year again? Uh, a Taste of Love and Nothing to Lose. Um, but before you say I do do really well, or before before do sag seats wheels, so uh, you know that was really bad. I think I got that wrong. But the good thing is you'll be getting more German, me speaking more German. So what can go wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other news I got this week was that from my Brazilian publisher is that before you say I do is being translated and is scheduled for release in May. So I'm I'm waiting for the Brazilian title of Before You Say I Do. So you're you're doing German and Portuguese this year. Yes. You're just taking off those languages. I am, yes. French is my next 
my next uh, mountain to climb. But I'm watching Call My Ag- I'm watching Call My Agent at the moment, which is a French uh, drama, which is really good, really really good. It's on Netflix. I don't know if you've got it, but um, yeah, it's subtitles, so you have to concentrate. It's very good, but it's also improving my French. I'm wandering around the house, going uh, "Je suis désolé, bonjour," all that sort of thing. <laughs> So, is it really a depressing one? So you're just never going to have, like, happy, happy thoughts in French? I'm just really sad. I'm just I'm really like, sad. I'm really sad. <laughs> I think I just like saying je suis désolé. I think it, it sounds really cool. Is that the one that means sad? Am yeah. I translating or Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, me- long it, it means I am sad, but I just like the way it sounds. But I, I never say it in a sad way. <laughs> I walk around going, I walk around going, je suis désolé. <laughs> People are like, I don't think she understands what that means. <laughs> so what else happened this week? So um, apart from, you know, book launches, pre-orders, translations, very exciting. Uh, we did a cocktail night on Saturday, which was great. Uh, our friends in Germany hosted. I've got a new favourite cocktail. Do you want to know uh, what it involves? Does it involve sadness? Are we having a theme? There's no sadness involved. <laughs> Not in cocktails, TV. Uh, this one involves gin... Chartreuse, French liqueur, so there's a theme running, right? This is the French episode, which is very, you know, it's good for our love theme, right? So gin, gin, chartreuse, lemon juice, and sugar syrup. It is a knockout, so, you know, there's no real mixer in that, so tread carefully. What's sugar syrup? Sugar syrup is water with sugar melted into it, so it's basically like a sugar syrup. So this is just pretty much gin and sugar? Gin, chartreuse, lemon juice, and sugar. How was Sunday morning? Actually, all right, you know, because uh, I know you're going to be amazed at this. I drank in moderation. I had th- three cocktails and then I went to bed. Wow. I know. You're turning over a new leaf. I know. You have a free order. You're learning, you're relearning French. Tell <laughs> you, you're drinking like an adult. <laughs> I'm drinking cocktails in moderation. Don't understand. And the other thing I did this week was I would order more socks. I have to say that my weakness in lockdown has been ordering socks because they keep they know my number. So well, they don't actually know my number, but they know my Instagram algorithm, and they clearly know that I like ordering socks. <laughs> and you know, I haven't been going out and spending money, so I just keep ordering jaunty socks. I keep ordering my Disney T-shirts. I got a new there Mickey Mouse T-shirt last week. We've all got our weaknesses, haven't we? Yeah, I was like, you know, I think I ordered it right after the um, whole insurrection and I was like depressed I'm like you know what will cheer me up a Mickey Mouse t-shirt <laughs> we're gonna get a Mickey Mouse t-shirt see you've got to know what 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 it takes right to get that smile on your face to make you not je suis désolé <laughs> what is what is the French for happy what would I say I je suis happy je suis happy <laughs> can you can you put that as a title of one of your upcoming books <laughs> is it je suis jolie I don't know I, I don't remember <laughs> I mean I took French back in high school so that was I don't know yeah and I think I, the 90s were still I think it was in the 90s yeah it was definitely in the 90s for me uh it was the only thing that I got less than a c for at school I got a d and I think they were being generous with the d uh, I don't think I ever got a d in high school but which yeah, is surprising because I had to take physics and that involves math <laughs> yeah you see I got a c in maths and a c in all my sciences it was a solid c but you know never below a c I got an A in religious education, I don't know how that happened, but a D in French, it was the one thing I got a D. You had to take religious education? Yeah, I went to a convent school. Oh, that makes more sense. Well, wasn't that a lot of history, though? It was quite interesting. Uh, like the, It was learning about religions from all around the world, so I found that quite interesting. 
Uh, yeah, I've studied a, 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 um, different religions and philosophies from around the world because um, I, I do find it interesting. Yeah, I find so, a lot of the the non-religious, not very religious, but the ones that you can't find in the U.S., outside the U.S., they're, they're much more relaxing. Here, they're very extreme. <laughs> I don't know if all of them are very relaxing. I'm not, I don't equate the term religion and relaxation. You know, it just doesn't go together. Apart well, from, I'm thinking like, you know, Buddhism. Stuff yes. Like, I mean, the ones where you're like, they just want you to feel kind of like at peace with yes. the world yes. and nature. I like those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember learning about Buddhism in RE and just thinking, wow, this sounds like much nicer than Catholicism, which I was brought yeah. up with. <laughs> there are no flames in this one. <laughs> I want to be all namaste. Right then, <laughs> let's get a, bit, a little bit more la- namaste. Uh, comments, comment on to what you got. Uh, first off, I need to issue an apology. This seems to be a, a, one of the running trends for my comment, the comment moder- moderator, whatever I am. I completely space checking our, our, our email. I don't know what I was thinking. I did not check. So if you sent us an email, Episode 102. We will address your email comment at 102. <laughs> Hang in there. But first off, we have a comment from uh, Jamie Moody. Jamie has given us quite the compliment, actually. Uh, she says, our podcast has changed her world because we have encouraged her to write and have provided guidance. And so um, she's thrilled that we're continuing the podcast. But we changed her world. Wow. I'm pl- I'm pleased because uh, yeah, Jamie's um, released a few books and done really well. So I'm pleased we were able to play a part. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, Jamie and our our books were like side by side. We were chart buddies. Beautiful, isn't that cute? That is cute. Yeah. All right, so we have another uh, comment by now. The person signed the the um, email con c o n. So I don't know if that's short for anything. Actually, con is the one who provided us the question for our podcast episode right now she's the one who suggested who wants to know the difference between uh, romance and rom-com so and she also has just started listening a few weeks ago and is already up to episode 47 well done well done there and she says there's a lot of information to process and to remember and she's already provided us with a, a topic so she is a great listener great listener yes if anybody's got any other topics they want us to cover do get in touch Finally, we have a comment from Judy, who is still liking all of the F-bombs we're dropping, so fuck yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it, and Judy, she didn't disappoint. Um, I have one comment from JP, he says he's listening to us while driving through Spain, and we've been entertaining him on his journey, so thank you for listening, JP. I thought you were going to see through space, and I was like, <laughs> how did he get off? I want off the planet, how? <laughs> And, you know, our podcasts reach far and wide. They reach into Spain, but I'm not sure about space. But maybe, who knows? All right. All right so is that, is that it for comments? Yes, I've got no other comments. So, yeah, that was it. I have I have a question because we started off the year with uh, Tottenham updates. And you haven't given us a oh, one in quite a while. That's because, get ready for the F-bomb, we're fucking shite, CB. Fucking shite. Um, yes, uh, the Jose Mourinho era, the wheels are falling off the wagon. We lost, I think we lost, who did we lose to? We were lost to Brighton at the weekend, and then we lost to Liverpool last week as well. So 3-1 and 1-0. We, we can't hit a barn door with a banjo, with a football, wherever the saying goes. Uh, Harry Kane's uh, knacked his ankle. Uh, everybody's running around the pitch like headless chickens. Tottenham are reverting to type. Bit spursy. 
Harry Kane's out again with another ankle injury? Yeah, this happens every January. It's like Christmas. Christmas comes and then Harry Kane's injury comes. He needs like he needs like titanium ankles or something. <laughs> <laughs> He'd find a way to twist the titanium, don't worry. Anyway, so let's just get off the topic of Spurs because it's depressing. See? Je suis désolé, TB. Je suis désolé. <laughs> I just wanted to give you at least one more chance. <laughs> one more. <laughs> so let's get on to the topic today, which is what is the difference between romance and romantic comedy? Now, I found this a very good question because um, I think it's a question that's run through my mind before, but I've never really been able to answer it. So it was interesting to delve in and see what is the answer because I was interested in what it is. Do you know the answer, TB? I found it was hard to figure it out. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I think we both hit different articles on this but I think first we should probably mention that many books and many TV shows and many movies they do include a romance subplot it's just part of a it's a huge part of the human existence so there's usually at least a little bit of romance in a lot of stories it's one of the things that um, people want they want that HEA even when you're in a zombie flick because you know it's really hot decaying flesh <laughs> You need to fall in love with a zombie, don't you? Je suis désolé. Je suis désolé. So what we're going to focus on is actually not like just the subplots. We're going to focus on um, the two types where it is the romantic comedy and the romance. Obviously, in order to be classified as a romance, a book, like the, the, the main plot, the love is the driving aspect of the plot. That's what classifies it as a romance, not as a subplot. What do you think? Yes, as you were saying, you know, it, it does uh, cross cut across movies and books. Um, one thing we'd say, if you want to sell books, um, you'd be advised to write romance in some form or another as a romance or a romantic comedy because romance sells, because love sells, because we all want love, right? Otherwise, we'll, we're, we'll... Otherwise we're desolate, innit? I love it, innit, at the end. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of people, they want that warm cuddly feeling at the end of a story and people want to believe they want to believe in love so it's... what is the difference between a rom-com and a romance are you asking me yes okay i'm, I'm leading up to it okay all right well well um i've got i've written down romance books focus on two characters who are destined to fall in love and they're usually character driven although they can be plot driven and they can have funny lines but they're not necessarily focused on comedy. Whereas romantic comedies focus on the romance, again, the focus is on the romance between the lead couple, but they also have situations and lines that should make you snort if you're doing your job properly. So with that, it cuts across uh, books and movies. I mean, I love a good rom-com in movies as well as books. I've written some romantic comedies, but I think m more of my books probably fall into a romance, but I do have Com some bits of comedy in them and I always have witty dialogue but I don't think that I think probably like a handful of mine could be purely classed as romantic comedies but most of them probably fall into the gently more funny romance genre yeah I mean not to be Captain Obvious but it, the romantic comedy has comedy in it I delved into an article that went further back in time and when the romantic comedies like you know in the 20s and 30s when they started coming out Oddly enough, it wasn't that, I mean, they were funny. They used that as code for the um, 
for the moviegoers, and that meant if you went to go see a rom-com in the theater during that time, you were guaranteed a happily ever after. Isn't that strange? Because I, I read a few articles, um, which I wasn't sure I agreed with, was they said that romances are guaranteed a happily ever after, but rom-coms not necessarily. Interesting, because I know, because I write, my the type of romance I write, a lot of them, I mean, I do include funny bits and stuff, but I would say that a lot of them are very angsty. And with the angsty romance, like, you can do a happy for now, mm-hmm. because it's kind of hard to solve everything. <laughs> in a very angsty romance but um i found it interesting that this this um person and i i I probably won't be able to find the article ever again because i had to really dig deep and i was like on page four oh my god you went deep (laughs) (laughs) i went to but i was surprised that like back in the days like when you went to go see a rom-com like when you went to go see like cary grant Catherine hepburn type movie that it meant happily ever after right well, I would say these days you have to have a, a HEA or a, or a HFN, happy for now, uh, in, in both, right? Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, um, they're going to hate you. Yeah. So, <laughs> but obviously you just have more people falling over in a romantic comedy. There you go. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, I would have classified your books as more rom-com, or maybe the ones I've read are more rom-com. I would say... Because there's a lot of funny, funny, like, stuff that, like, normally, hopefully doesn't normally happen to people in life. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say um, when I first started writing I wasn't I was classed as a romance writer from book one from London Calling um, and even though I wasn't really aware of that because I never set out to write romantic comedy or romance it just happened what I wrote naturally and I think I do have a lot of physical comedy and funny situations plotted in that's what you need to have if you're writing a romantic comedy I think that my funniest, my most rom-com in essence is the All I Want series for sure. Like All I Want for Christmas is is romantic comedy on steroids. Uh, and then the rest of the se- series I purposely uh, plotted in funny si- scenes and situations. So, you know, I have sex scenes that are so bad they're funny. I have a sex scene uh, where one of the couples wearing a green dildo and they get caught in an earthquake and then, you know, they get caught by their friends. So uh, these are situations that haven't happened to me, thankfully, um, and <laughs> wouldn't necessarily happen in general real life. But yeah, the All I Want series is my most hit you around the head. It's a romantic comedy. And I think my London romance series, um, you could classify some of them as romantic comedies. Some of them are not so much, maybe, but probably more than most. But I think a lot of my standalones veer more towards romance. I did find another slight difference between the two categories. Would you like me to I would. delve into that? Yeah. One of the things uh, this person said was with the rom-coms, um, your your main character, I'm going to use Bridget Jones's diary as an example, your main character has to learn something about herself, and when she does, voila, she's ready for love. <laughs> because with Bridget Jones's diary, like, most of it is like she's trying to change herself. She's trying to change herself to snag, um, what's Hugh Grant's character's name? Just asshole? Can we just call She's trying to get the asshole's attention, and then it's when Mark Doss... Daniel. Daniel Cleaver. Very good. Thank you. Daniel. What's... Um, Daniel seems like a nice name. That's weird. But anyways, um, so when Mark says, you know, I like you just the way that you are, and she's kind of like, she has that, like, light bulb moment, and it's like, oh, maybe I'm not so bad, and then she's ready to fall in love with Mark. But I would say that that is that holds true for romance too right that the character has to learn something about themselves yes but in a romance according to this one person yes there is that where the character has to deal with something but it's the love conquer all conquers all theme 
Mm-hmm. Like in the rom com, she's learning something about herself, and in in the romance, it's the actual falling in love that that helps the person get to the happy point. Right. I think that there could be crossover in both of those, though. That's. I think I read it. I read around a few of these points, and I didn't agree with them. So I was just like, yeah. Shocking news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I think. Ba- I, I picture you like reading something on the computer and just like giving it the middle finger, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, character. That's like, just like character journey, right? I mean, every character has to go on a journey for it to be a good book. So I, I, I do just think that that it's a fine line, but I think you need. Um, some really good, funny, laugh-out-loud scenes that will have you covering your face as you're reading the book and going, oh, my God, she's not going there. Oh, my God, she just went there. And as I said, I, I've, I've written some. Would you say you've written any romantic comedies or you know for the romantic my, comedies? My, my Lizzie series, I mean, I wouldn't classify as a rom-com, but there are some very funny scenes in it where you're like, oh, Lizzie, like, how are you this stupid? Like... <laughs> So yeah, I do have some of that. But interesting enough, this person that I was reading used uh, Bridget Jones's diary for both examples. Which is a great, uh, honestly, it's a great romantic comedy. You know, it, that's got the movie all and book. I, yes. I, I enjoyed both. Yeah, and it's got snow in London and winter TV, which, as we know, is is a lie. It is. We were we were talking about this off air, but um, yeah. But if you're expecting to go to um, London for Christmas, um, expect rain yes. and mud. <laughs> I was just saying to TB, we had 30 seconds, uh, not 30 seconds, 30 minutes of snow, and then it got rained away. So, uh, yeah, don't come don't come for the snow. Do you know what I was thinking? When I was thinking about this, I was thinking that I do want to go head back towards a romantic comedy after I've done my historical romance, which is going to be a romance. Uh, then I'm going to write a full-on rom-com. That's going to be my next book. So, is that going to be like your palate cleanser after like doing the, all the research and stuff? Something a little more light and fluffy that just kind of... Yeah, because I think this this time around, I think that um, Hot London Nights probably might just sneak in there as a rom-com. Uh, but I think the Big London Dreams will be a historical romance. But I really, I want to hit you over the head with the next book I do. I don't know the title, so I can't tell you. I will tell you. Oh, it's your next London book you know the title for. I got confused. Yes. So I love rom-coms in movies as well as books. Um, and if you want some great examples of the genre... I would say three of the best examples I've ever read are Kirsty Greenwood, Mari McFarlane and Sophie Kinsella. All three of those write straight rom-coms, yes, but they're all brilliant, seriously brilliant. They have situations that are relatable and, you know, they make you hide behind your fingers. They, they, are, just, they are just so good at it. But if you want to read a great example of a lesbian rom-com, which you do, right? No. <laughs> TV's face is like, I don't want to read a fucking rom-com. <laughs> I'm angsty. Um, my book of the year for 2020 was Cowgirl by Kirsty Eyre. And it is a brilliant example of a lesbian romance, romantic comedy. Also known for their romantic comedy, though, in the lesbian sphere are H.P. Monroe, who consistently brings her comedy chops to the table. Her late- latest book, which was called Mutual Benefits, that book has some fantastic, really fantastic romantic comedy scenes in it. So it's a great example. But obviously the other one, the one that everybody always quotes is Robin Alexander. Now I haven't read a load of her stuff, but I've read two of her books and they did have me crying with laughter. So um, yes, I'd say that they're three great examples in the lesbian sphere and the other people are good examples in the general sphere. Why does Sophie Kinsella ring a bell? What is, what does she write? She wrote Confessions of the Shopaholic series. That book had 
I love that book. Yeah, it's so funny. I absolutely love that book. <laughs> yeah, I would have to recommend that one. I didn't read the other. I haven't read the other two you mentioned. I think that writing rom coms, romantic comedies, is much harder than just writing straight romance. What do you think? Yes, it's very hard to be funny. I know. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Oh, you know, how hard can it be?" Um, it's not that easy because you have to come up with these scenarios that are far fetched, but still kind of make them believable and make them heartfelt, and they still have to move the plot along. You can't just slap in a funny scene and not have it actually relate to the story. So, it's not an easy ask. It really isn't. And, ma- and if you do it well, it comes across seamlessly, but it's fucking hard. Yeah, there are scene- scenes in uh, All I Want for Christmas that people still reference with me. I know you've said before about the the bathroom scene where the character falls asleep. Um, that scene took a lot of work to get it right. And I went back and forth with my editor quite a few times. And she was like, nope, still not right. Nope, still not right. <laughs> God damn it! Because <laughs> you, you can see the scene and you know what you want to say, but it's very difficult to write it in a funny way. And But that's the thing. You will never write in a funny way the first time, but just keep going and do it again and again and again. And the key to writing really good comedy is write short, snappy sentences and and break up the, the uh, paragraphs into shorter paragraphs as well. It makes it a bit more punchy and a bit more funny. When I'm doing those with the editor, yeah, there is much more back and forth because like, Sometimes, like, you include, like, that one piece of dialogue that you find hilarious, and the other person's like, what the fuck, you, this isn't funny, you have to make it funnier. And then I hate when it, I hear, you have to make it funnier. I'm like, how? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those scenes are the most work for me. They really are, and they're very draining. Yes, but the thing is, if you, I, don't, I know this isn't, like, you know, how to write romantic comedies, but, um, you know, we're on a, we're on a how to write uh, lesbian fiction podcast, aren't we? So we can make it whatever the fuck we want, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do say, I do think though that if you make someone laugh, you make a reader laugh, they'll come back to you and they'll read more of your books. Um, I'm having to ration out my Mari McFarlane books at the moment because she is so good at this stuff. She's so good. And she's only written six books and I've already read three. And I'm like, I can't, I can't read the other three. Just bang, bang, bang. I have to ration them out. The last thing I want to say is just uh, David Nichols, who wrote One Day, and that is a great, great book. I'd say probably, possibly a rom com. Yeah. He says, I have not read it. Ah, it's very good. It's right there on my shelf, though. You should read like, it. Like, I know exactly where it is on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> he says that every uh, a great book should be like a great pop song. It should make you dance and it should make you cry. And the best books do that. So for dance, let's let's say laugh in a, in a rom-com scenario. So that's what I'm always striving for in my books. No pressure, no pressure. What? what who was it you quoted last week where... Um, you said it's very hard to get the sparkle on the page. You know, that was last week, TB. But it was a great, it was a great way to put it because yes. you can picture it in your head. But by the time all the all the stuff in your head gets to your fingertips on the keyboard, ah. there there's some lost in translation. And yes, it's almost impossible to do. Yes, it was Julie Cohen who also writes great books, That's great. but but not romantic comedies, uh, but she writes great books. Uh, yes, and she said it's very difficult to get it from your brain to the page. Yeah, it's a very important tip for writers because especially if you're your first book and you think it is not perfect yet, you're not going to achieve that ever. So that was kind of what's what your I'm sad now. Yeah, <laughs> je suis désolée. <laughs> okay, it's going to bring us back down because I'm the dark one. <laughs> There's been no comedy in TB's book, so it'll just be angst. <laughs> All right, you got anything anything more to say on the difference between romance and rom- com- romantic comedies? Have we nailed it? 
I don't know if we nailed it because I don't know if there's an answer, but I, I found it interesting about the um, debate on it because uh, we both provided very different examples, and that was just a sample. This is a divisive topic, I found. It is, and I, 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 think, I think the difference is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so I, I, it's a great, I, I appreciate um, the listener who asked this question because it did provide us something to look into, but I found it just kind of funny that we don't know. My God, we've been exposed finally on episode 100. It's only taken 100, that's pretty good. We're frauds! <laughs> we don't know is the answer. All right, we should say that we've, um, we've come up with a new thing this time around. So from episode 100, we're going to be dividing up our Lesbians Who Write podcast into themed months. So February is the month of love, obviously. So this was uh, love episode number one. And next time around, we're going to have another love fest, aren't we, TB? I want you to be able, by the next episode, I want you to be able to say love in French. Oh yes I will, okay. <laughs> because you keep saying you're sad and that's not the right theme. I'm going to get on theme, on trend for next episode, don't you worry. Do let us know what you think the difference between romance and romantic comedy is and let us know, you know, what you think about writing romantic comedy and if you've read a great one, let us know in lesbic uh, or in the wider sphere of fiction. Yes, and we obviously need help figuring out what the difference is we just need help um let us know do you write in to us at lesbians who write at gmail.com and uh, tb will read the email at some point in her life she's she can't promise when um or do oh. do leave us a message on the website i reply to messages so uh yeah come over leave a message on lesbians who write.com you can facebook us email us twitter us and instagram me and next week we're coming back for episode two of or episode 101 sorry <laughs> but the second episode in our love month and the topic is ideal dates in fiction and in real life. Whoa, that's some pressure. First dates are hard. Till then, have a great week. Uh, keep writing. Stay safe. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Listen in every week for more conversations on writing and lesbian fiction. And you can make sure you never miss an episode by signing up to our newsletter at lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more people to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. Bye.